welcome to another installment of Evolution Exchange Podcast. Today I'm joined by David, Oscar, Matthias, and we're here to discuss Managers of Managers. Very exciting podcast, uh, but before we delve any deeper, let's work our way around the room for some general introductions. David, could you go first for us, please? Yeah, hey everyone, and big thank you for having me on. So my name is David Bozjak, and I'm originally from Slovenia, but I've been um, in Sweden since uh, 2013, and I can confirm that it is truly the promised land. I have a software developer background, so I worked as a software developer and then a, a tech lead at some small and some really big companies like Microsoft, and then I've switched to uh, manager track since then, and I've done a lot of different roles, uh, managing roles at Storytel. And uh, my current position right now is as a director of software engineering at Oresundsbrunn, making sure that everybody can cross uh, between Sweden and Denmark at ease. Uh, as a person, I'm you know I'm quite geeky. I have a lot of geeky comma hobbies, but to counteract that, I uh, have a dog that makes sure that I go outside for a fair bit, and I keep my developer soul alive by being a big fan of Advent of Code, which I complete every December and can talk at length about so i will stop there fantastic david got to ask what, what's your dog called and what type of dog is it uh, it's a golden retrie- a retriever uh she's called kiwi oh i like it love it very unique name uh, right let's let's move on um oscar can you introduce yourself please yes uh also thanks for having me on uh i'm oscar Orbom, uh and i work as senior engineer manager at meltwater where we sort of gather a lot of data and help our customers making sense of everything that's out there. Um, I also come from uh, an engineering background or a developer background, um, and then I started moving into more leadership-type roles yeah, 10, 8 to 10 years ago. I also have a lot of geeky hobbies, uh, just, just like that, uh, but so, some of them include running and hiking in the mountains and stuff like that. So. I spend quite a lot of time in the outdoors um, when, while not doing the geeky hobbies or working. I have two kids as well, which takes a fair bit of my time. So, yeah, that's that's me. Yeah, I think Swedes, they do love the outdoor activities. And we do. Indeed. Um, and last but no means least, Matthias, can you introduce yourself, please? Sure, hi. I'm Matthias Altin. I... I'm also from Sweden, uh, but I lived 18 years in the UK, so I moved back to Sweden about five years ago. Uh, I've been a software engineer since 1997, and I've been manage- managing a team since 2008. Uh, I'm currently finished up at Volvo Cars at Senior Director of Engineering, and before that I was at uh, Spotify for four and a half years. I um, live out in uh, in the countryside outside of Stockholm, in uh, Färjestad, it's an island in the lake in Stockholm. Next to Sokol, uh, with a wife and two kids. Uh, I also like the outdoors. I, I enjoy kayaking. And uh, recently, during COVID, that uh, I bought a wooden sailing boat. And that's taking up a lot of time right now. <laughs> but I'm doing wow, nice. That's it. That sounds really cool. I suppose living living on the lake as well, you, got, you have a lot of opportunities to use it. Yeah, it's a backup plan when the only bridge to the mainland uh, fails and it does get stuck sometimes. And at least I have a way to get off the island. I'm going to start calling you um, Pirate Matthias or something like that. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. 
We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Right, before I make any more corny jokes, um, let's go and talk about what we actually are here. Um, managers are managers, really big subject. So, as always, I've reached out to each of you, and you've all displayed an interest, and you've all each came with a question that you'd like to discuss. So what we'll do, we'll start with David. We'll start with your question. You came to me and said, when onboarding a new manager in your organization, how do you balance preserving existing company culture versus their preferences and previous experiences? Now, can you just delve a little bit deeper for me, please? Yes. Um, so I thought this was an interesting topic because most of my previous experience is, is either, you know, like being promoted to within sort of like leading existing managers who are already in place or establishing new team again promoting individual contributors into being managers in this in this new organization uh and i've really loved doing that i love promotions from within it's a big you know betting on betting on people and trusting them with a new responsibility is a big passion topic of mine but i wonder how it is when it's not like that when and what your experiences with that are so when you're taking in somebody from the outside obviously you have a recruitment process where you have a lot to consider like what their how their style is going to match with the culture that you are striving for but in the end an experienced manager is always going to have sort of like a lot of experiences and you know experiences and preferences but also let's call it with this baggage and i wonder you know how do you how much how do you guide that when it comes to making that person feel at home and can affect the new company can introduce changes but also aligning them with the where do we want what with the type of culture that we want to have. It's a good question. It's a hard one. Yeah. Wow. I I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> I'll <laughs> take like a first stab at it, and and yeah. uh, uh, I think it's vitally important when you bring in outside um, people to the organization that you do uh, use the kind uh, of uh, culture ad uh, mindset. So you 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 should definitely try to kind of enrich the environment that you, you the organization you have and I, my my kind of uh, standard advice I, I think if anyone that i've worked with in the last five ten years here this day they will probably recognize this I, I talk about the three l's look listen learn so whenever you join somewhere it's so you're, you're really keen you're eager you want to kind of show your value you want to show that you're competent that you you know something. I, I do this uh, very much. I really have to kind of try to concentrate on not being too eager on that. But it, it, the three else is basically uh, you look, listen, learn. You, you spend like a, like the, you talk about the first ninety days. I typically say spend a month in the three L mode, and what that means is basically uh, listen uh, in meetings. Who's talking? Who's not talking? Why they're not talking? Uh, are, are they saying different things in the meeting? In the meetings versus in the corridor at the desk and so on 
um, learn something. Like you know, hopefully you join a company because you want to grow and, and uh, expand your, your own horizon. And then you should really be in the learning mode and try to understand what the domain is about and what, how the company got to the point they're, they're at the moment. And then the, uh, um, uh, looking, like I said, like you know, the, the non-verbal communication I mentioned that already, uh, and listen carefully. So if you do that, then you're in a better position when you come to uh, what should I be doing? Here? What what contribution can I add? To what can I contribute to in this organization, in this team? Then you have a uh, uh, maybe a balance. So you, you, you will have your bias, but maybe you can fit it a bit more into what actually, what's actually needed. I love the free L's. I haven't heard of that particular acronym or expression before, but I'm definitely taking that with me. Not maybe like for what to do when onboarding new managers, but definitely for myself. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree. When I joined my current position as a manager, I was fresh, a fresh manager, and I really had a lot of time to do just that, as in doing the listen, learn, and look. Was it? And yeah, um, yeah. which also made it really easy for me to sort of okay, so how do things work here? How much you know room is there for me to express my my ideas and all of that so i think that was seems like a really good thing to do to new managers uh or to to sort of help someone adapt to a new culture i guess um and setting those expectations up front that you know it's i actually expect you to to just listen in for the first time to start with um yeah i think that's but, so clever because i think there is this expectations inherent expectation or maybe even fear that like when you when you join a new place in a leadership position that you kind of like have to make improvements or like show your worth immediately yeah. so i think that there is a danger that one might want to overdo in the beginning instead of really like making sure that to appreciate the good things that are in the company they're joining every place definitely has also good things right no matter uh no matter the company and then uh yeah. And make that expectation clear, and then say, "Hey, learn to learn to see and appreciate and love our culture, and then also make sure that you improve it." I really like that. Yeah, David, you, you yourself just started a new, new new job. How have you found it coming in as a senior engineering director, senior head of software? How have you found that sort of cultural change and the differences there? Uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's a very different environment than I'm used to. And I now when I when I spoke just like my last answer, I definitely felt that a little bit about myself as well. I definitely felt that pressure that I need to be seen as somebody who you know, who got this, who is going to, you know, like take uh, take the problems and fix them. And I've also really pushed myself to hold to hold back and to kind of like really like understand why the things are the way they are and, uh, you know, what it should uh, like, what are the good parts? What do I ideally feel? should change uh what can change what can't change uh so i've you know i've only been in the new role for three weeks so i'm still very much in the in the observe mode but it has been you know it has been a few good days so far already so i'm i'm hopeful uh just adding on do you have any good tips on how to sort of transition out of that mode because you know you, you start out by listening understanding how everything works but then you also want people to move into doing, like doing, improving, you know, taking initiative, all of, all of that stuff. Um, <clears throat> in my experience, it kind of happened naturally, but not necessarily. Do you have any good trip, like you know, tricks to to get there? I I try to like uh, uh, after they've been in that mode for as long as they need, basically. Um, 
And, and also to stress that it's important that you communicate that I haven't done that in the past. I've just been a new guy and then sit quiet in the meetings, don't say anything, don't have any opinions, don't speak. And people start wondering if you are not interested or clueless. So be say, look, I'm in the free L mode now. Uh, don't uh, misinterpret what I'm doing right now. But I think like if you're, if you're in the manager-manager position, so you have a new manager that joined and, and they've done what you um, encourage them to do, uh, start asking questions. So what have you seen so far? What have you learned so far? Uh, what's your reflections? What would you like? So maybe start asking those questions, uh, but not to nudge them too hard into that. Look, you need to get so, something done now. It's more like, you know, uh, what have you seen and what would you, what would you like to start first with? What's, what's the most urgent thing that you would like to uh, change this. Yeah. I really like that. And I feel that, yeah, I haven't been in a position yet where I would really have to push somebody to kind of like, oh, now it's really time to start doing something. So it feels that there is sort of like maybe an inherent, you know, like, okay, there are some things that frustrate me or, you know, there are some things that, uh, you know, that every person, every manager is going to get to that. And eventually they will, you know, they, they will feel that they, it's their mandate to make them better. Uh, so I have high hopes that you know, that everybody will get there. Um, I personally haven't needed to push anyone into that direction, like it came naturally. But I think if it doesn't, it's just managing expectations. And that's the biggest and the hardest <laughs> part about being a manager, it feels, a lot of times anyway. So not just these particular expectations, but just managing expectations at large. Yeah, and also uh, to instill that empowerment so that, you know, and that, that should obviously be there so that the person comes in, feel that they have, they are empowered to, to do what they need to do, right? Uh, definitely, yeah, exactly. So if somebody is maybe at some time having like a bit of a, you know, like a, in a one-on-one having almost like a little rant session or just like being maybe a little bit too pessimistic as, about what they've learned so far, then it's, you know, a good push. It's like, well, you know, what are you going to do about it? It is, you know, it is within your your domain to uh, to change these things. Yeah, we got it. They, that they're here to take us forward. Uh, when, you know, I also, um, uh, you should have a, your own personal swearing jar, like a little jar you put a coin in every time you, and the bad word is at my previous job, blah, blah, blah. Then uh, that's a, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, or you have to say it with a really funny voice. What's the joke we had at Wolves? Uh, I, 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 I way too often. And others that also joined for Spotify with me was like uh, at Spotify we dot dot dot, and that gets old really quickly, <laughs> and and annoys people. So tr- avoid that. Uh, you also have good stuff with you, uh, but don't shove it down people's throat. Basically, be be mindful about it. Then uh, I'll, I'll throw a question into the group. As a manager of manager, you take on a manager, and that you'll be managing. There's a lot of managing words. Um, and they want to change the, the, the company culture or the team culture. How do you go about ensuring that the values are aligned with the current com- company culture? Well, hopefully your interview process starts from your values, right? If you have, say, five, typically five values that you put on the wall and uh, really kind of instill in, try to instill in your hand. So that re- recruitment process should reflect that. You should be able to find the candidates that match those values. Um, so that shouldn't be a problem. And then I think you should be really, really wide on 
your tolerance. But if they go completely, say, say if you um, have someone that start going, maybe micromanagement is a great thing, and uh, and and so on. Uh, and we shouldn't ask the, the teams uh, at all. Then then you also have to have a word. And it comes into the competence clarity. Like, you know, you've talked about autonomy and, and empowerment. And there's a really good book, uh, Turn the Ship Around, with, uh, by David Marquis, uh, when he talks, talks about, um, I try to remember now, it's competent, uh, sorry, uh, control, like we have control as leaders, equals uh, competence and clarity, plus clarity. So you should think about, is this a competence thing or is it a clarity thing? Has this person not understood our values and what we really strive for here? Or are they not experienced enough to understand that when to take a step back and empower the team? And maybe sometimes they have to step in and, and actually lead in a more hands-on capacity. So I, I, I would go with those two, always like, you know, why, and, and then take it from there. I think this is a fantastic answer. I really, really agree with everything you said, especially that, you know, if there is a big difference in values, then the recruitment process went badly. I, I feel like I really agree with that. But the funny thing was just before you started talking, that I was also thinking about, you know, what I would say. And I was also going to quote the same David, the the best David, I think, David Marquet. Yeah. Uh, but not from, uh, I really love to turn the ship around, but I really like his uh, intent-based leadership as well. And I think that's sort of like, that's a wider thing to kind of like foster this. I intend to mode with, uh, with everyone in the organization to kind of like announce what we intend to do before we actually do it. And then if we find such a relationship with a with a direct report that, that then is a manager of their own and they are going to change or like they're going to affect a culture in some way, hopefully they will be in this I intend to mode so that they will give you a heads up of like what really bothers them with what they intend to change. And if all goes well, like then that's your uh, that's your window to really like hopefully encourage. But if something does go wrong, then prevent most of the most of the damage. Or use it as an opportunity to realign. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess I, I guess there's a fair bit of coaching in there as well. If you know um, someone sort of starts moving too far off from where you feel comfortable, I guess again setting expectations, coaching, that sort of stuff will hopefully help you sort of wear back. Yeah. So overall, David, obviously we spoke a little bit there about preserving um, culture how do we engage preferences and so on and so forth. Does that answer your question, what we what we discussed over the last 10, 15 minutes? I think it was a really valuable conversation. And I really agree with what I think Matthias said at the very beginning, that hopefully, like, you know, you're adding a person into the, into the mix and you're hoping that they will add something. You're hoping that they won't just, you know, conform exactly to what we have today. They will, they will make it better. And we should, we should find ways to, uh, to empower them to make it better. Uh, I think it was exactly what I was hoping for. That was actually great. Fantastic. That, that's always great to hear. What we'll do then, Shaps, we'll move on to the next person. Matthias, we'll come to you. I know me and you had a bit of a one-to-one talking about what, what questions should we bring up. And one of the conversations went down the lead of open-door policy within the workplace. Um, like, how do we do this in a flat organization? How do we not undermine our um, colleagues support it? And so on and so forth. Now, can you just go into a little bit more detail on what you want to learn from this and where you want to steer the conversation? Yeah, I'll be interested to hear. Um, so the, the question is, when you have like a, a layer of managers between you and the teams or more, uh, often uh, you, you hopefully people find you approachable. They, they come up and talk to you and, uh, you know, you, and you're 
you're there, you're in the office, you're in the, in the or if it's uh, remote, um, remote and you're available, basically. Uh, but then you have this potential problem when, when you have that uh, interaction, when it gets into uh, kind of important work things. Um, and that someone in the team comes to you and starts asking what you think about XYZ. And I might, I might just have an opinion over coffee. Like, oh, yeah. That sounds exciting, or maybe you should. And let's feel oh, that's something Matthias said, dot, dot, dot. And then uh, it's some kind of direction set that I completely didn't attend to or didn't wasn't qualified to to uh, direct that relation. Mm. Uh, I can basically undermine the engineer manager or director of this. Uh, so how, how do you balance that? And when, how? Do you have any rules of thumb, rule of thumbs that you can share maybe or something? Because yeah. I do want to be available and, and I do enjoy those interactions, but it's a tricky one. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, very, very tricky one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So normally when this happens, because it, it do happen, um, I, I would be quite open to say, Hey, have you talked to your manager about this? And it'd just be, you know, um, just to, uh, make sure that you, you have the facts or what, like, why do, don't you feel comfortable talking to your manager about these things and, and just set that. Uh, level, I guess, or sort of the premise for for the conversation to start with, um, because I, I perhaps the person that comes to you just want to toss an idea, you know, yeah. and then, then you can sort of set those expectations straight up. It's, it's not like we're not here to take a decision by any means or anything. And also, then then you know, if you ask that question, have you spoken to your manager about this or whatever? Uh, have you had this conversation in a different forum? That will also sort of highlight that now you're sort of skipping a level. In a sense, um, j- just to give some context on what kind of conversation this is, I guess. Um, and how do you avoid that sounding like um, uh, <laughs> kind of you're, you're not interested or it's below you? Ah, uh, is that new? Uh, no, yeah, yeah, no, obviously, yes. Uh, but, but I do think, you know, being open and oh, awesome stuff. I'd like, I'd love to discuss this with you, just so that I know. Is this something that you talked about in a different forum? with your manager or the team um, because then I can set my you know expectations on the correct level and I think there is a way to say that without sounding that you're not engaged or you don't want to have the conversation or not condescending uh, but just um, looking for words but you know just be quite open with where you are in a, in a sense and then honestly I, I think that's the way I would do it or normally does it yeah I uh it's a really interesting concept of like open door policy because I must admit I when you explained Matthias it helped a lot, but before you know like in the uh, in the age of uh, age of remoteness and so on like we're so used to everybody sort of like clicking on on everybody and kind of like everybody participating in every uh, in every channel that I Slack channel or similar I didn't really consider all of the all of the repercussions that that, that could have so in a way your question and the context around it it has opened some eyes my side um i can say that i haven't really had that problem that like somebody would misinterpret me as um as you know accidentally setting um direction um but i can say that i've had very positive experience with having sort of like then more formal or at least booked uh skip level one-on-ones and then that helped a lot in kind of like setting you know like setting the both opportunity but also the the form around it a little bit saying like hey yes we we are here and you know like we are going to have a one-on-one and your manager isn't here and that's that's not weird (laughs) and these are the things that we can we can talk about and those have always been 
very interesting uh, conversations that I've really used to kind of like learn more from them so it wasn't so much that they would ask me questions and i would kind of like you know say yes or no or approve or deny it was always more about like me learning what's what's on their mind and what's working in that team or, or not and i at least felt that it's very very valuable without me sort of like stepping into the manager role but i have always also informed the manager in question that this will be taking place so maybe it's just all just about yeah. being transparent yeah but and it, something that struck me now is that I, I do think this is quite important, actually, for a manager of managers to stay connected to to you know what people do on an everyday basis. It's really easy to you you know you you don't sit there next to them writing code or solving problems the same way. So you kind of I at least I feel that I sometimes becomes a bit disconnected from the everyday in a sense and I, I don't want to do that because I do want to understand you know what's happening and what people do and feel and what they you know struggle with and everything so to having that kind of conversation skip level is very valuable I think for us as well yeah I, I agree it's uh, it's a good way I, I read books I actually did a training course of seven years, eight years ago, called Indirect Leadership. It's by, on the, by the Swedish Defense Academy, the Harris um, Military Academy. And one of the things they said about the open door policy, I remember this now, is that it's mainly an ego boost for the manager. Like, I, you feel needed, you feel uh, like you're in the game, that people come to you because they... So the advice they gave was like, to keep it to a minimum uh, so that you don't undermine the people that you should be support, right? Your first point of contact is your links, the, the engineer managers, and they, they, you should do, spend all your time on making sure they have uh, the support and, and and everything they need to, to succeed and, and create amazing teams and so on and, and products. But it's not, I, I agree with you, especially when you're kind of like saying the flat organization and you you don't have your office. Uh, you're you're sitting at an open landscape and, and interact with people as you should, I think. And that is... What you, I know you mentioned then that you've been like indirect leadership. You've done the, done the course, but you've been in quite a few organisations that since then, and, you, and you've took a lot of leadership roles. What is how? What do you do with this situation? Because we spoke about everyone else, but what, what do you actually do? Well, I, I I try to keep a balance and 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 respect my directs, like my my managers. They are the people who should be there. So I don't. I I tried really hard not to. Override on the mind or or mess things up, um, but uh, it, it, it's a tricky one. So I don't I don't have a good answer myself, basically. Another thing that uh, you touched upon, I think, is also the uh, Oscar is what is your measure thing? Quite often you feel like you know, yeah, but you're not in the in the detail. You're not you you X Y Z because they might be the person who don't give a rats about uh, overstepping and and being um, in the micromanagement, basically. Um, so it's a trick or the balance, respecting your your managers that you're uh, uh, responsible for, but at the same time you need to have enough details so you can be an effective link to the next level. I need to know enough, but then it comes back again to trust. If I trust that my my managers that report to me give me the information I need, but not too much and not too little, uh, and that come we need to have a relationship, right? And then as on pro, not, I hate, hate the word process, but. We should have enough interactions so I know what's going on, the important things. Uh, I think Slack is great, but it's also a, a massive uh, a trap. Because if you're in all the team Slack channels and you sit there, oh, no, something's happening, oh, there's an incident there, 
is really tempting to go in there and be snoop around and maybe be the good idea fairy throwing in good ideas that they should be thinking about like the we, we like thank yeah. you so much for this but we actually know that this stuff so you don't we don't need you for that um yeah so it's it's hard i i don't have a good answer if i did i would write a book about it and make videos <laughs> please, please please do i would read that book Definitely. yeah that absolutely <laughs> don't hold your breath <laughs> but it, i give you a side copy if i manage to get one. well at least you know you have three people in line to, to get one first so of the original coffee sell it yeah. for millions I'll, later I'll on you buy a copy of this one but that also going said if say for example you are a manager of multiple teams in a quite a large organization with maybe six seven hundred people beneath you would would that aspect change or would it not in inevitably you can't uh be on top of everything right if you have that many teams maybe two three hundred teams you you just uh a hundred or two hundred is you will not be able to get to know every detail so it kind of becomes a self-regulating thing i think the tricky one is when you're maybe in the 50s or 100 then it's still feasible for you to and especially if you've kind of been promoted from within so you might have an extremely good domain knowledge uh you might have been one of the first engineers that joined the company I think those those are the most risky ones to get caught in that trap that you are maybe too much in detail. But if it gets larger, you just basically, yeah, you can try, but you're gonna fail. <laughs> so, but again, it, it comes down to the, the the important things that it fluctuates over time, right? But th- what's actually most important right now, and maybe more importantly at that level, also is to think how will we improve over time the strategic, the kind of logistical angle to it. Not try not to be too tactical and be more thinking about how do we raise the, the bar for the whole organization. Okay, fantastic. Has this conversation sort of squashed what, we, or you learned, what, what you wanted to learn or would you want to go into a bit more detail? Yeah, if you have any any tips or advice or uh, rule of thumbs that you can apply, that will be great. Right. But I, I, I don't have anything myself really. Oscar, David? Ah, nothing on, think... on, on top of what we already said, I think. Yeah, same for me. I think that a good rule of thumb is like always be like approachable, but try to not make any decisions in those conversations. So like take in, you know, whatever want the people want to leave with you, but then don't uh, like don't try not to affect too much for directly that conversation. Well, it's about something exciting, like technical things that you're really craving for as a manager that you don't get the. It's really hard to not uh, kind of get drawn in and start shooting yeah. ideas and, and you need you need to without that 3l mode through yeah, yeah for for that conversation or what you could do i'll give you guys this this one for free guys is just send them this podcast and they can listen to the podcast and they can understand it a little bit more better and they can learn even even more well it's advertising the- <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> right what we'll do we'll move on to oscar's question then and Oscar, you wanted to speak about how to ensure transparency throughout the organization so that managers that you manage has the right context and autonomy to do their job really well. Love the question. Mm. Can you explain more? Um, yes, I think transparency in context is key to helping your managers do their job well. Um, but I, you know... Uh, I, I want some concrete tips on how to find the right level of transparency. Um, 
because there's obviously things going on that not necessarily everyone is privy to or should be even um or things that strategic things that you work on that you know is not ready to be dispersed or to uh, for input or for feedback or whatever um so and also trans- transparency could sometimes be um detrimental focus as in if you, if you get too much stuff it's hard to focus on the thing that you have in front of you so I, I just want some concrete tips on, you know, what is the right level of transparency and how to achieve that. Big question, I know, but it's, <laughs> it's a tricky one. Yeah, don't worry, we have 10 more minutes, so it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> Plenty yeah. of time. I, 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 can I start, David? Yes. Um, I think that it depends on what the content is. Like, so there's information and there's different cl- classes of information. Right? Hmm. Some things you can't share because it's not public yet, whatever, or not ready to be dispersed. But in, in, in general, I hopefully have a really clear vision uh, and strategy defined. And add to that your principles and your values, we, we start with talk about it. So engineer principles, for instance. With that in place and, and, and really kind of um, integrate the interorganization, people really understand and, and feel them, then typically you don't need to worry about this. They have enough, like the and then going back to this, the filter from, say, the EM to the director uh, or senior EM, um, that, that's a two-way street. So you should also know what what is the right amount of information to, to pass on so you don't yeah, like, completely tell everything. And they just, you need to distill it. You need to explain it. You need to enrich it. That's our job yeah. for, to, to making sure that whatever uh, goes up and down the reporting lines. But in general, trust, like, no, we talk about Sorry, accountability goes through the reporting lines, but information and conversations should be completely disconnected in my world from from the reporting lines as well. So it's a hard one again. The more the more people understand, uh, the the better they're going to be at making the right decision there and then. And we're not going to be it when that decision is created. I uh, I really like this, and it also reminded me of if we go back to our favorite David, like David Marquet, he he has this like weekly leadership nudge uh, YouTube channel. And on one of those, he mentioned that something I think very relevant to this conversation. He mentioned, be very careful when the why changes into who. And what he meant there was like, you know, like, let's say that some new initiative is coming and let's say that the CEO or something wants to make this big change as this information sort of like propagates down towards the, you know, like the wide organization. At some point, probably the CEO had really good reasons why that, why that change is, is coming. And he explained it really well to his, to his management team and as the inf- information sort of spread at some point somebody has made the mistake of kind of like losing that why and just said oh the ceo wants us to do this so we're doing Mm -hmm. it and sort of like that's i think like where the where the tricky transparency get a a lot of transparency get get lost because now it's not a initiative anymore now it's an order and people lose the connection Uh, so if when we are i think when the lesson is that when we are sort of like spreading information in the um, following the sort of like the reporting lines, um, then uh, we need to be careful to include the whole the whole picture and not uh, lose out on important details. That's a good point. It, be- it becomes a bit of a Chinese whisper game where information or context gets lost along the way. Yeah. So the best way to combat that is to for the information to have more direct lines, perhaps that it doesn't have to go through reporting lines to reach an engineer, for example. And that type of information maybe is perfect for an all hands uh, every month or whatever, so they can hear directly from from the horse's mouth. Like this, this is what's 
and hopefully it's not too detailed. It's like a some something inspires and points the North Star. Like here's where we're going, and not uh, a shopping list that uh, the previous sort of stuff to in- implement. Okay, well, so does that sort of answer your question then? It does. Uh, I say th- I think I think if we any of these questions, we could talk at length about all of them. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's a really good answer. So thank you. Okay, if you could summarize what obviously Matthias and David said, what would you say are your biggest learns in this conversation? So I I liked what David said about when the why turns into who. Uh, that that was a really that really caught on with me because I I, I see that happen a lot in in different organizations and what what it makes or what it does. Um, and I got a few good tips on things to read. As well, or watch. Fantastic. I know you guys have talked about this. This is David Chaff quite a lot, the leader. David Warfare. Yes. So if anyone's listening, I, I think strongly recommend um, buying one of his books or listening to one of his videos because there seems to be a common theme here. I think the, the second, you wrote another book as well. I, I actually had a workshop with him in Stockholm a couple of years ago and it was really, really uh, a great day. But the, the second book you wrote uh, was uh, Leadership is Language. And that's where you talk about a bit about this look, listen, learn, like the, um, uh, how leaders uh, uh, invite um, um, others to challenge what they're, they're saying, uh, open ended questions, uh, making it clear that it's okay to uh, have a, a, a opposing view. And also, if we do make a decision, make sure that it's like a defined, okay, we, we go with this for now. And then in X weeks, month, whatever, we we reevaluate re- and, and and try something else if needed. So that that's a great book as well. I really like it. Uh, like that book. And and as I said, the leadership notches is uh, always uh, a nugget of wisdom that you can get every week. So the, the, so subscribe to that one. There, there we go, chaps. Does anyone have any final comments before a round off? Yeah, I don't want it to turn into a David uh, David fan group, but I really liked what uh, what you said, Oscar, also about um, avoiding the Chinese whisper game, or so like the being very careful about you know like hey, what am I saying? What am I leaving out? Is there a more direct way for this person to get this information mm-hmm. instead yeah. of trying to summarize? Can I point them to a document that's already written and you know like just just being aware of that each time I you know information is transmitted it's going to get changed uh and being careful about that i think we can we can do a lot to improve our in our jobs of kind of like providing clarity if we follow that advice yeah, yeah i think the key word is written right now if you miss an old hand you should not be uh, unaware of what's going on so it needs to be uh in in some crisp written form my favorite example is the elon musk's uh, uh secret master plan one pager about how they're gonna uh, evolve tesla uh if you if you ever about to read that and then compare it to where they've been where they're heading right now it's it's pretty impressive uh, and people refer to that i saw it in the press uh, uh release and uh, the head of sales for sweden referred to it and it's a 10 year old document that's that's pretty cool Oh. She saw the the uh, stage three plan referred to like just recently in like a Discord or like of all places or something. So those those documents are definitely being referred to. I'm very impressed that they are yeah. like yeah, that's, 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 public in that way. That's yeah. um, uh, a well crafted document that can still be relevant and, and inspiring. No, I, I think it's is the I quite often um, or I, I 
come across uh, manager of teams that are really keen to quickly get to the manager-manager stage. And I always encourage them to look, stay, really uh, get a lot of experience working in uh, with teams because that's the most important thing. Like, you know, we, middle managers, if we're honest with ourselves, we are uh, an overhead. The most important thing is that the teams are performing. In that. So the most important leader in the organization, in my mind, is the, the engineer managers. And um, when you do the kind of change into a manager managers, it's great if you got enough experience so you can actually mentor. Coaching is one thing, mentoring is also like a mentor would have to actually have expertise and experience in the topic. Yeah. So I, I would like really uh, milk whatever you can out of that before you take next step. Because otherwise you're going to struggle to understand and help and coach the person. Yeah, don't rush it. Uh, so just, just, yeah, exactly. Just the same way as having a technical background makes it easier to understand engineers and what they struggle with, or what they need help with. Yeah. Yeah. Having been an engineer manager will definitely help you uh, help you other then, managers. Yeah. yeah, if you don't, then study, like, you know, and uh, as much time as you can on uh, reading books and uh, watching presentations about it, so you you get you can you come to it. Well, you great, know what, Jeff? Great advice. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll round it off there. Some really great advice, especially at the end. There is very well rounded. So this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I'll definitely take this opportunity to say thank you to David, Matthias, Oscar. Thank you so much for participating in this podcast, and we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Yeah.